Thank you, babe, for that suggestion. Appreciate you. Amen. I like singing that song. It's a bit of my testimony there. John chapter 21. John 21. Thank you, Brother Williams, for reading that. Brother Jones, your pastor, Mike Ray. Is that right? Mike Ray. One time uh, I was in a, in a meeting and he was preaching. And uh, he said, uh, I want everybody to turn to John chapter 22. And it was a room full of preachers. And they're all in their Bibles. And they're searching and they're searching and they're searching. And he goes, hey preachers, there's, no 20, there's not 22 chapters in the book of John. And, he, and anyways, he got me. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking about doing that tonight. And I was like... No, nah, I don't want to. I don't embarrass Brother Martini. I just, I was worried he'd be searching in there for a while. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, John chapter 21. He got me on that. I wanted you to know that. That was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Amen. John chapter 21. Now, this um, class, this this passage here, we're familiar with. Jesus said, "Come and dine. Come and dine. The Master calleth. Come on and dine." Amen. Good song. Good song. Maybe we'll end up singing it tonight. We'll see. Amen? See what the Lord has. Uh, come, come and dine. But let's go back to, to verse 1. Let's find out what's going on here. All right? Obviously, Jesus has died on the cross. He's re- risen from the dead. And now this is the end of the book of John. And John records uh, this event, and none of the other Gospels record it. And uh, look what it says here, verse, verse number 1. After these things... Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. That Sea of Tiberias is exactly that same lake we were talking about this morning. That Sea of Galilee or the Lake, uh, uh, the, the, the Sea of Tiberias. Is, one time it's called the Lake of Gennesaret in the Scriptures. And that's, that's based off the city that they're thinking of. Tiberias is a city along the lakeshore. Uh, Galilee is the region, and uh, that's what it is. This is where these men were from. This is where they knew. This is the, the waters they had fished. And they end up back there. Remember, they had been in Jerusalem. Remember that? Jesus died in Jerusalem. He rose from the dead in Jerusalem. And I, I kept questioning, why are these men in Galilee, uh, even if they were disheartened, even if they were uh, a little bit uh, discouraged at this time, wondering what God was going to do, Why'd they go to Galilee? And I found out that Jesus actually told the ladies that came to the tomb. Remember, remember there was ladies that came to the tomb to anoint His body with, with, uh, with, with things to make it smell good uh, a few days after He had died. And they came and they found the tomb empty. And the Bible says that Jesus said, Go tell my brethren, I'll see you in Galilee. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. I was learning that as I was studying here along that. But he later that night found them in the upper room and they were meeting together. And then, of course, with Thomas a little bit later than that. And, uh, and so this would be the third time he sees them after he's risen from the dead. Let's look at verse 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Now most of these we know. Of course we know Peter and we know Thomas. 
and uh, Nathaniel and, and the sons of Zebedee. Who are those sons of Zebedee? James and John, that's right. John rarely, I don't think ever actually in his book, in the book that he records here, does he name himself by his own name. He always has you know, the sons of Zebedee or the, the, the disciple or the apostle that Jesus loved. And so we know this, uh, that's James and John. But there's two others that are not named. They're anonymous here. Now I began to think on that and I, I, was, I was scratching my head on that a little bit. And uh, I read uh, one preacher who had written down, he says, I wonder if the reason that God left their names out was so that you and I could put our names in there and join them or take our seat on the boat. Amen? You ever gotten out of it before? You ever, you ever uh, had a time of struggle or you got discouraged or you backed away or you went back to what you used to be comfortable with or what you used to know or went back to your way in the world for a minute and just, uh, you, you, you just, it was one of those low points. You ever been there? Yeah, I think a lot of us have. And uh, that's what's going on here. Notice verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. Of course, Peter was a, a leader. And a, he, he, was a, he was a good leader. But good leaders can lead in two different directions sometimes. You understand, I'm your pastor. And it's my opportunity, is my responsibility to lead you in spiritual ways. But it is possible for me to be wrong in an area and lead you wrong. That is possible. It's my responsibility to be right with God and full of the Holy Spirit so that I'm leading you correct according to what God wants. You with me? All right? And it is my responsibility to have accountability with other godly men <clears throat> to make sure that I'm right. Like our deacons, like these pastoral staff. And sometimes I bounce things off of them and I check things because it's important. Even, <clears throat> excuse me, I, it doesn't matter how great you think some man of God is, he's still a man. He's still a man. I'm flesh and blood just like everybody in here. And, and I need to be accountable. And that's why when we, we work on financial things and all of that, and that's a big deal in a church this size and all these folks. Finances are a big deal. That's why I take it before the deacons and double check it. Say, guys, what, what do you think about this? This is what my plan is. This is what I'm laying out. We check over the budget and they approve it or they ask questions about it. And we make sure that we're accountable. And, uh, and praise God for that. Verse 3 again. Simon Peter saith with them, saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. What sh whose ship did they get into? Don't you remember back, uh, was it Luke 5, I think it was? The Bible says they forsook all and followed him. That either means they left everything and dropped it and went, and went but more likely, most likely they, they sold it off real quick, got rid of it, so, and, and that was, you remember, remember Elisha when Elijah come down and said, hey, I want you to come with me? The Bible says that he was farming. He was working a team of animals, some oxen or, or, or something along those lines. And the Bible says that he took them and he sacrificed them to the Lord. 
He, he burnt his bridge so he couldn't go back to the world. Now, I don't know if they did that or not. I just kind of tend to think they did that. But uh, either way, it could have been James and John. They left their father in the boat and followed Jesus. Uh, but uh, it's easy. Catch this now. It's easy to find friends when we're backsliding. It real, it's real easy. Just because you got somebody to agree with you doesn't mean you're right. Now watch that now. It's easy to find friends when, you, when you're backsliding. When, when there was a time when I was off, going off in the world and I was going contrary to what God wanted and I was making some money and it, it was easy to find friends in that point. Let's move on. Verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. See that? One word, Nope. You think they were frustrated? I don't know about you, but when I'm working on something and I'm putting my mind to something and it don't work out, I get a little frustrated. You know, I, I, have, uh, I have my way about things. I got my checklist and, and sometimes uh, I get going on something and, and that first thing just takes me extra time or, or it's not working out or it's not coming together. And uh, get a little, as a man, I'm just frustrated a little bit. I'm, if you don't know this, young people, you should learn this. A man has feels successful or feels accomplished by his work. Amen? And men ought to work. We ought to work. That's Bible. And we feel accomplished by our work. I think I said this in another message recently, but, I, you know, after I get done mowing the grass, I, I get done for a second, I turn around and I say, yeah. Amen. Lines look good. Amen. I go over to my wife and I'm like, that looks good, don't it? She goes, yes, babe. It looks great. No, she don't do it that way. She helps me a little bit. She boosts, she boosts me a little bit. Yeah, it looks great. Woo! She's learned now. She don't even wait for me to do that. She just comes in and, uh, and praise God for it. Amen. But we feel accomplished with that. And uh, you can see the disciples. I want you to understand what they're thinking, what they're feeling at this point. Consider them. They're, they're real men. They're real flesh and blood right now. And they're discouraged. They've just went back into the world, back into business where they once were. And they're frustrated because they weren't getting anything out of it. Listen here. When we go contrary to the will of God, God does not bless that. He does not bless that. I was, uh, I, I have always been able to accomplish things with my work. I've always been able to do well with it. I, I'm very, I'm, I'm particular on certain things and all that. When I was in the world and, and going contrary to what God wanted, I made good money for just a little bit. But you know what I found after a while? I was lacking the blessing of God. And I got myself into debt and I was miserable trying to pay off that debt. And I just was, I was just miserable because I was lacking the blessing of God in my life. And that's what's going on here. They're miserable. They're miserable. Let's continue. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Woo! He says, Children, you got any meat? 
No. They didn't even know it was him. They didn't even recognize him. And he says, cast it on the other side of the boat. Throw it on over the other side. And all of a sudden, they couldn't barely pull it up because there were so many fish in there. Something about the blessing of God, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Something about the blessing of God. I tell you, I, I've worked in the world and I've tried to do it the world's way. And I'm telling you, if that's, what God, if that's not what God has for you, what I'm saying is working in the secular world. I'm not talking about being worldly, but working in, I, I, I knew that God wanted me to do something with my life. I knew that from a young age. And I had people that were, that, were, that were pushing me that way and trying to help me and develop. And I went off trying to do it, make it for me. Trying to make something of myself. And I had plans and I had goals and money things. And I was going to buy a house early and I was going to do all this stuff. And I had plans. God doesn't bless when we're not following Him. He doesn't bless it. But yet, as soon as we turn back, I tell you what, went into ministry and you think, how in the world did you ever make it? You wouldn't believe what my wife and I, some of our budget was when we first did ministry. Our family budget. Like how we ever ate food. Because especially now in the prices we're looking at now, you know, and all this stuff and, and what meat and what milk is and what cheese is and all this stuff, right? Crazy. How did we ever eat? But God was blessing. And God made a dollar go a long way for the Willard home because His hand of blessing was upon us. Amen? When we do God's will, He blesses. If you don't have the hand of God on your family's life, man, change that thing. Do what He wants you to do. Follow the will of God and have that blessing on you. And uh, you need it. Amen? Amen. The big thing is tithing. You're not tithing. You don't have the blessing of God on your life. Amen? My wife and I are, are giving more now than, than we ever have. And God's blessing more and more and more. I don't tell you that to brag. I'm telling you that because it's real. And the blessing of God is real. And I, I, we, last night, we heard t- a couple different testimonies about people giving and, and uh, they wanted to increase their faith promise and they didn't know how God was going to supply it. And look, He did. A few weeks later, or a, few, or a month or two later, God provided the way. And there it was. We just got to live by faith. I'm not going to re-preach that message, but amen. All right, moving back. All right, here we go. Verse number, uh, verse number 7. Therefore... That disciple whom Jesus loved, who's that now? John, saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it, it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. Now, I've heard some different Bible scholars uh, and, and different people discuss this a little bit. Jews normally, they would, they would wrap, uh, wrap their loins in, in a cloth of some sort, similar to an undergarment, underwear that we would say. And it was um, obviously Isaiah talks about the fact when a, a thigh is revealed that it's nakedness. And uh, I don't have that, that chapter in my mind right now, but it does reference that. And so it's possible uh, that, uh, uh, that we, might, we might have thought, I thought that was different for a long, long time. And either way, it doesn't matter. What, what matters is, is that when Peter found out that Jesus was watching, he said, I'm in no condition to meet the master. Yeah. 
I'm in no condition to meet the master. And what did he do? He put a coat on and jumped in the water. He was ashamed. He was convicted about the way that he was presenting himself out, out in public. You with me now tonight? That, I thought about that and, 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 and a little bit in my own life and making sure, you know, we're, we're in 2023 now. Can you believe that? We're in 2023. And, and it, seems like, it seems like preachers are losing their ties and losing the coat and they're, they're in their flip-flops and their, and their Hawaiian shirts and all this stuff preaching now. And, uh, gla- you know, glass, you know, this is opinion coming out, but glass pulpits and casualness, right? Put my rock, my recliner up on the platform, get comfy, you know what I'm saying? And my PJs. I heard some churches were doing PJ Sunday on Christmas. What in the world is that? I don't know. I don't want to see you in your PJs, so don't ever do that, please. Okay? Please don't ever do that. But listen here, listen here. I'm not coming to church so Brother Gwen will pat me on the back. I'm not coming to church just, just so I can write my name down or, or, or say something. Oh, I was here. I'm coming to church to meet with Jesus. To hear from the Word of God. And uh, there used to be something called the Sunday best. That, that's what it used to be called. And I'm all for dressing up for Jesus. Now... I'm not going to preach that dogmatically and, 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 and I'm not going to get nasty and tear in. I, I'm not going to preach opinion. I'm just saying, for me personally, my conviction is, is that I ought to look good for the Lord. That's just my, that's my personal opinion. And, uh, and I look at that and that, that convicts me a little bit. Let's continue tonight. Verse 8. And the other disciples came in a, a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits. Dragging the net with fishes. That's, a, that's approximately 100 yards. If you're thinking about how far off the shore they are, it's approximately 100 yards. Verse 9, And as soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. Now, let's stop for a moment, and let's think about what these men are thinking. Okay, I want you to consider the emotional spot of these men. Because we're, it, they're real humans, they're real men, and just like us, right? Come on now. And I want you to think for a moment, they've been through quite a month or two, haven't they? Now, nothing like the Lord has been through, but you understand, they had been following the Lord for a long time. Years at this point, right? At least three, maybe longer. They've been following the Lord. And then he is... He's, he was telling them, hey, I'm going to be leaving soon. The, the Son of Man's got to be raised up, right? He told them what was going to happen, but they weren't buying it all. They didn't understand it all exactly. And, uh, and then he was, he was arrested. As I read it according to John chapter 18, it looks like all but two took off. They all ran. And it looks like there was Peter who was hiding behind in the bushes for a little bit. And there was another disciple, and I believe that was John, according to John chapter 18. And so uh, then, of course, uh, he goes before uh, the high priest, he goes before Herod, he goes before Pilate, he goes for, before these men, and he's accused, and, he, and he's spit on, and he's beaten, and then, of course, he's scourged, and then he's nailed to a cross, right? That was a pretty dark and hard day. Okay, they forsook all. They changed their entire life 
to follow the Lord Jesus, and then he was crucified. Though he warned them about what was coming, you, you understand if, if, and I don't even want to go with that illustration. I was going to have an illustration about somebody coming in here and, and uh, taking me or whatever. It would discourage you a little bit, wouldn't it? Let's just let's make a whole different situation. Let's say we had to stand for something. The government made a decision and we had to stand on the Word of God and I got thrown in jail. That'd be a little discouraging, wouldn't it? Now, you understand the way that things are going. It's possible in our lifetime we may see some stuff. You pray that all of us have the courage to stand where we need to stand. Amen? We talk big... But we've been in a casual Christianity kind of life. Because it's been, it's been easy. It's been easy to serve Christ. But there's coming a day when it's not going to be so easy. You look through history and some stands that people had to take. You look through history, through the Bible history of the stands God's people had to take. And we've had it real easy. We ought to be praying for Shenandoah here that we'd be able to stand and stay standing when it gets difficult. Because there might be a day coming real soon if the Lord doesn't come back. Amen? It's amazing what they're calling hate speech now. Sometime soon, somebody's going to be criticizing right here in this pulpit what comes out. Bible preaching what comes out and they're calling it hate speech. They already are. Let's pray together. Let's stand together. Let's keep serving Jesus. Amen? Now, think about what they're, what's going on with them now. They had a difficult last couple months. We don't, Jesus was on earth about 40 days before he ascended. We're, we're assuming that it's drawing nigh to those 40 days, but we don't know at what point at the, now. It's at least a couple weeks since he's ascended. He rose from the dead. That was pretty exciting. But Peter's still thinking, man, I denied him. Does the devil like to beat you up about your sin? I denied him, even though I said I wouldn't. And he called me out and told me I would. And I still denied him. He warned me about it. And he's, he's getting beat up about that a little bit. Some of the other guys about taking off and not following him. I don't know about John at this point. We don't know what he's thinking. And they're discouraged. They slip back into their old rut here for a minute. Jesus has only showed himself to them twice since he's been risen from the dead. At this point, he's only showed himself twice. This would be the third time. We don't know if it's been two weeks. We don't know if it's been three weeks. But remember, they thought he was going to set up his kingdom. They didn't see, they couldn't see the picture of the New Testament local church in the Old Testament. And looking at the Old Testament scriptures, they didn't really understand all of that. They thought he rose from the dead. Now surely he's going to set up his kingdom. That's why Paul called it a mystery. Revealing the mystery of God unto them. So you can consider a man here. He's struggling with what's just happened. They've been emotionally drained. You ever had that happen to you? You ever been through a trial, mom and dad, with some of your children, or maybe grandma and grandpa, or some things, and you don't understand every choice and everything, and you pray, and you pray, and you try, and you pray, and you pray with other family members, and you pray for them, and you pray for them, and you try to encourage, and, and sometimes with people, and you don't understand, it's emotionally draining, isn't it? 
emotionally draining. Consider what they're going through here. We, we're, we're so easy to beat them up when we're exactly the same. Aren't we? We're so easy to throw Peter under the bus and beat him up when we're exactly the same. That's what I'm talking about, standing when things get a little tough. When you're around that fire. Yeah, and nobody else is, 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 uh, uh, is, is talking about the Lord or living for Him or wanting Him. And we're standing alone. It's so quick for us just to be quiet and, and hide, isn't it? Yeah, it's easy to hide in a secular workplace and not be a Christian when we ought to be. Amen? Amen. That's right. So you can consider these men. Now look what Jesus does. He shows up, verse 9, and as soon, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Notice the pictures that he's painting here. Okay? Fire of coals. If you look that up, the only other place it's used is when Peter was around the fire. It says fire of coals. I looked up the word for this that was translated from the Greek and uh, I'll probably mess the word up, and I'm actually having a little hard time finding it in my notes here for a second, but the same word that is used in the Greek for fire of coals is used one other place, and that's where Peter was warming himself outside the house of the, of the high priest when, when, he was, when he denied the Lord. So when he comes up there, he's seeing the same thing that he just struggled with. And then... And then you consider the fish and the bread. What other time did, the, did Jesus have fish and bread with them? Maybe when he fed the 5,000. And he took a little lad's lunch. And God, Jesus Christ provided a great meal for all those people. With me? He's painting some pictures. Hey, though, though you denied me, I'm the Christ. I'm the one that was able to provide for you. Maybe they're thinking like, like sometimes we think about, I got some bills to pay. You remember Peter's got a mother-in-law back at home. I can talk about my mother-in-law now. She's not in church anymore. I used to be. I used to, to be real careful about that. I'd say, mother-in-laws are great. She's probably watching. Amen. Uh, mother-in-laws are great. But Peter had a family. When I say we see his mother-in-laws mentioned, what I'm saying to you tonight is he had a family to care for. He, he forsook all and followed Christ, and now this time has passed, several weeks have passed, and he's going, what am I going to do now? You with me? He's got a family to care for. He's, he's at least got a wife and a mother-in-law. We don't know about his children. We don't know anything else. And he's wondering about that. And Jesus Christ comes, and he's got fish, and he's got bread. He says, you remember how I took care of everybody in the wilderness? That, 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 that multitude, when they'd come following me and I took care of them, and I'll take care of you too. I'll take care of you. He keeps going, verse 10, Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Verse 11, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Now, I ask questions when I read the scripture. Brother Marion, I don't know if you're like me, but I get to read the scripture and I ask questions. I say, Lord, why was 153 important enough to write down? He recorded it, Brother Ken, he recorded it for a reason, didn't he? 
He wrote it down there for a reason. I wonder if the disciples had counted that out very meticulously and said, well, we're going to break this up in this many ways and this is how much money we're going to get at this thing. And maybe it was a lot of money for them. Maybe it was some kind of money for them, but they had some money on the brain or else they wouldn't have counted the fish. You with me? They wouldn't have counted it if they weren't planning on selling them. What's the purpose? And Jesus said, hey, I'm going to take care of you. Look here, verse 12. Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And none of the disciples just asked him, who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Now, consider this, consider these words here. Understanding their emotional part here and, and the fact that they have kind of went back into their old rut, back into their way that they knew before they followed the Lord. All of that, right? Considering that, he says, come and dine. Now think about those words for a moment. Come. What a great word. What a tremendous word to both sinners and saints alike. When I say sinners, I mean unsaved. Right? Come. And he's drawing them saying, come unto me. Come on. Trust in me. I'll take care of you. I'll I'll save your soul and, and, and follow me now. And he's saying the same thing to believers. He's talking to his disciples here. And he's saying, come back home. Come on back. Yeah, you slipped away a little bit. You fell. You're struggling a little bit. That's okay. Come on. Come on. I'm here. When, when I, I think about um, 1 John 1, 9, right? How if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to cleanse us, right? To, to, to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think about the Lord with His arms wide open. Just waiting for me to come back home. Because He says, if I will confess... If I'll be the one to confess my sins, he's faithful and just. Means he's faithful and he's righteous to do what he promised to do. I'll forgive you. Right? Like Isaiah, I quoted it today. Let us reason together. Though your, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Come. And then I think about that word dine. I don't know about you, but I like to eat. I am the fattest I've ever been. <laughs> that okay for me to confess from the pulpit? I know I'm on the internet and all these people are, you know. I am fat. Because I'm the fattest I've ever been. And you know why I'm fat? Because you all gave me so many Christmas cookies and treats and fudge and everything else. And if I didn't eat it, you'd be offended. So it's your fault. Isn't that awesome? I can blame my fatness on you. <laughs> you know that's true. Because if I didn't try your cookies or I didn't eat them and eat all of them, I'm like, you didn't try my cookies? <laughs> Amen. I'm horsing with you a little bit. But listen, listen, dying. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I've got food for you and let's fellowship. Amen. When we dine together, we sit together. I hope you don't dine like this. Okay, the idea of dining here is that he's providing food for you and fellowship time. There's something about sitting around the table. 
I have, I have loved being here in our home that we have up there in Falling Waters because of the layout of the home. It, it, it just doesn't... You know how sometimes you've had a long day and, and, and it's easy to plop down and sit in front of the TV with, a, with something and eat real quick? You know, how, you know what I'm talking about? That happens. That, that, that's easy to happen when you've had a long day or you're racing or whatever and, and whatever. But the way that our, the house is laid out, it, that doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. We sit at the table. And that's the way it ought to be. We ought to sit at the table and we ought to talk and fellowship. I, I, don't, I don't care if it's husband and wife or it's a whole family or my, uh, grandma and grandpa are over or whatever. I'm all about the, the kitchen table. Praise God for it. Praise God for that. When you can eat together, because that's good, <laughs> and you can fellowship. And that's what Jesus is saying. Come back and let's, let me provide and let's fellowship. Now here's the message. Let's, let's, let's have the message. It'll be, be quick here. That was, all, that was all intro there for you. Look, I'm going to close my Bible and give you hope. It's time to get back up. Think about that for a minute. It's time to get back up. It's 2023. It's a brand new year. I've been encouraging you to get in your Bibles. It's time to get back up. Some of you started out 2022. I'm going to read my Bible this year. I'm going to read it all the way through. And you didn't make it. You know what? You tried. And, and you didn't make it. So let's get back up. Let's get back up, let's stand, and let's try again. The schedules are out there. It's January 1st. You still got time. Go grab a schedule, and let's do it together. Amen? Amen? I looked in. Remember, I told you, uh, the digital thing is helping me a lot. And listening to my scripture, and I I picked a a Bible plan, and I started it today. Now, I finished my Bible in 22 because I've gotten into that habit. I've gotten into that routine. But now it's 23. It's a new year, and I started a new plan today. Why? Because I'm enjoying my time with the Lord. That's why. And if you didn't make it through or you fell off along the way or you got busy because of, of this thing or that thing, let's get back up and let's get into it. Amen? Well, preacher, I've been struggling with this thing and, and uh, this other sin in my life. And, and though I've confessed it many times, I get stuck in a rut and, and, and it seems like I'm back in that thing again. Well, let's get down to an old-fashioned altar. Let's put it before God. Let's confess it. Let's forsake it. Walk away from it and say, I'm getting back up to live for God. I want to be holy before a holy God. Amen? It's time to get back up. It's time to get back up. Well, well, the Lord wants me to be in the bus ministry, and I committed to that two years ago, but I'm not in it right now. It's time to get back up. It's time to get back up and get involved in what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, I quit my Sunday school class because I was just having a little tough time this year and I didn't think I would be able to do this or that. But you know what? That's what God wants me to, to do and it's time for us to get back up. You know, I, was, I started out uh, 2022 and I was sold and I was giving out tracks whenever I could. And uh, when, when I could make it on, on a, a soul winning night, I was coming. And I was being faithful that thing. But I fell off. I, fe- I, I, got, I, I, got, I got sidetracked. Well, let's get back up. It's a brand new year, and that means it's restart. So you as a Christian and me as a Christian, let's evaluate some things tonight and say, there's what I'm supposed to be doing, 
and here's what I'm not doing, and let me fix this thing, and let me get back up. You with me now? Hey, none of us are, are, are out of this thing. We're all included with that. Everybody, the Bible says for, for self-examination to take place. He says, uh, he says do the, approve these things before you do them. And he talks about over uh, many of the epistles through the New Testament. He talks about us checking with the Lord about what we're, what we're doing. Seek those things and uh, approve those things. What's a, acceptable and, uh, and approved before the sight of God. He talks in another spot uh, about let a man examine himself before he comes before the communion table. And self-examination is something we're supposed to do on a regular basis and we lack and we slip and we don't do it. Let's evaluate it tonight. Lord, what, it, what is it that maybe I need to think about that I'm not doing that I ought to be doing? What is it that I'm doing that I ought not to be doing? Help me to get back up and do what's right. Amen? It's time to get back up. It's time to get back up. Whether you are defeated and discouraged, it's time to get back up. Because that's easy, isn't it? The disciples here were defeated and discouraged, weren't they? Whether you're struggling and you're stressed, it's time to get back up. Whether you're frustrated and you're finished. You ever been there? I am ready to throw in the towel, preacher. I am I'm just, we're done. It's time to get back up. It's time to get back up. Maybe you're beaten and you're broken. Relationships will do that to you, won't they? It's time to get back up. Maybe you feel like a flop or you feel, feel like a failure. You know, God's not done with you yet. He's still got you here. He hasn't called you home. And He's not raptured us home yet. That means He's still got something for you to do. It's time to get back up. Amen? Let's bow before God. Do some self-evaluation tonight. Some self-examination. And let's... Conquer 23 for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to get back up. Just man falleth seven times and riseth again. That's Proverbs. I think it's 24 if I'm not mistaken. I have to check that. Let's pray, let's pray together. Lord, help us tonight, please, with this thought. Lord, Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church is a great church. It's a great church. Lord, it's a faithful church. Been here a long time. A lot of things accomplished through this ministry through the years. So many people saved, baptized, joining the church, growing. Lord, so many people. I think about all the buses through the years and all the people picked up by the buses. All the Sunday school classes and all those that have been taught and, and that Lord have been in the Word of God teaching the Word of God. Lord, so many people in here tonight, some folks going through some difficulties, some perhaps just out of it, maybe just in the flesh or slip back into old ways. Lord, help us to evaluate some things and say, Lord, it's time for me to do what I'm supposed to do. It's time to get back up. Let me be who I'm supposed to be and, and stand back up, get back up, get back into it and do what I'm supposed to do in 23. 
Lord, I pray that there would be some fathers in here that would set some goals and some so have some vision for their home. That, hey, I, I stopped uh, uh, teaching my children the Bible, so I'm going to get back to it in, in 2023. I'm going to start. Tomorrow night, we're going to be there with the Bible, and, we're gonna, and I'm going to teach my family the Bible. Lord, I pray that you, you'd help us, Lord, to make some self-evaluation. And uh, Lord, would you speak to us? Holy Spirit, may we be real before you and do what you've called us to do. God, help us tonight, please. I'm going to ask Brother Stanley to pray. I'm going to ask church family, you to stand. Let's